Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode of the Adventure Jogger Podcast brought to you by Chris Fox, Bryce Carpenter, Russell Holcomb, Alex Pace, Peter Keough, and all of our Patreon supporters. And of course, you know I'm talking to you, you, the listener. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. John Calabrese, welcome to The Adventure Jogger. How are you, guy? Doing awesome, man. How are you, Ryan? I'm doing okay. Thanks for joining me and talking some ultra running and life and fun stuff like that. That's right. Um, you have an Instagram account, Breezy Trailhead. Um, That's right. You're probably one of, and, and I don't, I don't mean this like as an insult, so please don't take it as one. But you're one of the few, like non-elite sponsored runners that has the blue check on Instagram. You've got a <laughs> lot of followers. On the gram, you you have a lot in common with a Kardashian, John. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I last year I was like really going for it. Uh, I was trying to do some stuff, a lot of stuff with running, and trying to get onto a, a reality show. So I think a lot of that has to do with it. What reality show were you trying to get on? Men with hot mustaches? Was that going to be something that was coming your way? If that is the thing, I'm there, man. But no, this was uh, Squid Game, the challenge. So yeah, there's that had a lot to do with it. Uh, yeah, I like was like completely selling out any possible way I could think. <laughs> okay, so what were what were you doing? What how did how did John get the blue check? Well, I, I mean, like so. Where do I start? So basically, like all my friends were like, uh, when they saw that you could audition for Squid Game, everyone was like, "You should do that. You're really crazy, and I think you would actually enjoy this." So I was like, "Yeah, you're probably right." So I, uh, I just auditioned. I submitted a clip, and uh, basically, people were like, uh, "You know, I got feedback, and they wanted to do a couple interviews and stuff, and uh, they wanted my friends to come on with me." Uh, so like. I ran the bloody 11 W yeah, I'm sure you're familiar with that race. So I met some characters on that. Odie Hestings and, uh, uh, Chris Kaner. And, uh, we got into some interesting situations there, almost like a squid game situation. We basically had to kill Chris Kaner, but he came back to life. Everything's cool. (laughs) Thank God. Thank God. (laughs) Yeah. Chris is alive. He's alive and well, but, uh, we didn't want to leave him on it, but like Odie and I have like kids and stuff. And like, uh, we were like, dude, we gotta go, man. So like, uh, yeah, it, we we were really like funny and stuff together. I felt like, and uh, you know, I asked them to, you know, apply also to do it with me. Um, we didn't make the final cut though. But like, the cool thing was, I mean, I worked really hard. Like, you know, not only on social media, but doing like a race like all the time, doing just crazy runs, just like trying to really like you know promote myself. And uh, basically, uh, you know, as a result though, my running club, Happy Trails, they made me the runner of the year. So I mean, like. I felt pretty empty that I didn't get on, like, because I was like, just like skiing, like, who who beat me to get on this thing? You know, I, you know, I do crazy stuff on a Tuesday. Who, who's better than I am? So like, I felt really empty. But like, you know, getting the runner of the year from Happy Trails. I mean, you know, the people that are in Happy Trails to get runner of the year. That's that's huge. So like, yeah, I haven't really talked about it much, you know, because I, I mean, like, I didn't want to put it out there because like some of the people, you know, that. I was chosen over. I felt we're better runners even. I mean, you know, but like, uh, I kind of needed it after doing all that just to feel a little bit, uh, you know, the accomplishment, you know? So when they had the happy runners Christmas party and they're like, Hey everybody, this is Christmas parties coming up. Make sure you go there. We're going to announce runner of the year. Were you like not paying attention going, there's no way in heck they're picking <laughs> me. I'm just going to get, grab a couple of cocktails 
I'm going well, to go up to the buffet for seconds. And then they I mean, if you look at my ultra slide up, I mean, like I was like doing a lot of races. So like, I thought like, you know, if we're just going by numbers here, yeah, this is, this has kind of been the bag, but like, uh, you know, there were definitely some like way better performances from the people I was up against. And, uh, you know, I'll say it there, but you know, pretty much everyone I was against is a better writer than I am. But, uh, you know, I got the numbers, man. I do a race like almost every week. So, uh, yeah, there was that. Okay. And hard races, hundreds and, you know. Yeah. And here's the, here's the God honest truth, John. You get on like the Squid Game reality show on Netflix. Like that's, you know, people tune in because they want to make fun of you. Like they want, like, look at the guy with the mustache. I hope he, he takes a face plant. I hope he wipes out. Like no one is really tuning into that to cheer you on. They want to see you die, essentially, well, in, in, in the, a reality show way. The, the funny thing, though, I mean, I kind of wanted to, like, go on there with Odie and uh, Chris. I mean, we're, like, I like hanging out with those dudes. It was so fun doing Bloody Love and W. It was like a demented adult stand by me doing that race. I'd like to go back, but it falls on a Happy Trails race, the ring. So, like, it's hard to go back and do Bloody Love and W. I want to at some point, but I'm like married to Happy Trails. Yeah, they they picked me up when I was down, man. So they've got you know they've got a member for life with me. Okay, all right. So there's lots to unpack there. They picked you up when you were down. We got to get the John story uh, here in a minute. But what did you in that year when you decided I'm going to get on a reality show and and I'm going to get a blue check on Instagram? Um, what did you learn about just social media and and internet fame if you will and and just that whole world of self-promotion in a way um i mean there's a there's a lot with i mean like again i you know posting a lot of stuff from races uh, basically um i mean a lot of it is i'm a caregiver i'm sure you've seen um yes the guy's awesome i mean like that he's a lot of my inspiration i mean he's He's got cerebral palsy and he's able to play soccer. And so, I mean, like, I'm sure that a lot to do with it. I think also, you know, just when I'm, when I was going through the casting process, I'm sure, you know, like maybe somebody from casting saw something and shared something and stuff like that. Seeing Donald, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot to it with that. And then the race is also on top of that, that I, that I do. So, I mean, I think there was a lot of stuff at play there. And I, I really think I was close to getting on. I mean, if it gets greenlit, for another season, I'm definitely going to try again. We'll see what happens. Maybe, you well, know, maybe they'll want me. <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll watch it. I do think that you and I share a common reality um, when it comes to the people that surround us. I think when people go to your your Instagram page, uh, Breezy Trailhead, they're really looking for pictures of, of Donald, the gentleman yeah. that you're a caregiver for. Donald is the star of breezy trailhead and and when they see a picture of you they're like oh well it's it's nice i mean he's seems like a nice guy here's a picture okay i'm gonna like it but when you've got videos of donald playing soccer and you and and you and donald's adventures or when he sees one of your medals or something that's what people come there for um and and what i say i can relate to that is because people get pissed when jeff's not on podcast it's like jeff was jeff has always been stafford's always been like like a like he's a co-host that comes on when he's available because he's a busy guy he's got kids and grandkids and a job and all that stuff and it was funny when we started the adventure jogger he was on all the time because it was covid and so like he wasn't working like he had one of those had one of those jobs where, like you're working at home. You don't come in. And he did not go into the office for a year, like a government job. And so, you know, he was at home alone most of the time. So Christina was like, he's just coming over every single week. And so once reality came back into the real world of you have to go into work and then all these responsibilities happen. It's like, you know, he comes, he comes when he can and he, he joins on the podcast when he can, when he can make it. But I see people are like, Oh, Oh, it's just Ryan. Oh, it's just Ryan. It's just that guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, he's a superstar, man. He's, he's a handsome dude. He's uh he loves playing soccer. I mean, like, yeah, I, I, I love seeing his passion for sports. It's contagious. Like my daughter never liked soccer before. Like, I, you know, I showed I showed her some of his videos and like what he can do. And like she's now she likes soccer. I mean, it's just contagious as well for the sport. And he gets me fired up to do you know a lot of these races and stuff. Like I'll tell him about my races, you know, like uh, I'll send him my race reports and stuff like that. He doesn't like to read them. But like I, I mess with him. Like, hey, Donald, you're going to read my race report today. He's like, 
<laughs> he messes with you all the time. He, he talks so much trash. He's like, he's just like your buddy. He's awesome. I love him. How did you get involved with Donald? So, like, I was at a half marathon in 2017, the Prince William half, and I saw him and his dad there, and I was just like, what are they about to do? So, like, I started running. They destroyed it. I think they got, like, second or third overall. But, like, after I was, like, so blown away, I was like, I got to meet these guys. And then, like, yeah, like, you know, not, you know, like, four years after that, we're, we're bros. <laughs> so, so Donald's dad, because Donald's in a wheelchair, he has cerebral palsy. He's in a wheelchair. So his dad was his dad pushing him at that race, and so yeah. they were running that together. Okay, and and they yeah, just they fourth it. place. Yeah, no, I, I want to say they got like second or third overall. They definitely went under one thirty on it. They went, yeah, they crushed races. I think like uh, last race they did, they came. I think they came like within a minute of qualifying for Boston. Wow. Yeah, yeah Michael Harms, Dell Harms, they're amazing. Wow. <laughs> Has, have yeah. you ever teamed up with Donald for a race? Or is he like, ah, you're too slow for me? That's him as dad. I've pushed other uh, athlete riders, but never, you know, I would never, mm, no. <laughs> I hang out with me and Donald, boys, we hang out, but I would never, I would never try to do that. That's something that's really cool. Did you get involved with uh, supporting other runners like Donald because yeah, of Donald? Exactly. Yeah. Once I saw them do that, I hooked up with Ainsley's Angels and I started like pushing a lot of uh, athlete riders on races around. Um, COVID kind of messed that up like everything else. Like I haven't done it as much. I, I pushed my buddy Trey on the historic app last year in Fredericksburg. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, again, I'm still getting back into doing that. COVID messed everything up. I, I started it's doing it. like way more ultras and I uh, haven't really been hanging out with Ains as much as I wish I could. But yeah, um, yeah, COVID. <laughs> yeah, oh boy, that was a mess, wasn't it? So tell me about tell me about let's we can't just hop over Ainsley's Angels because I think a lot of people, if you see, you know, Donald and, and you're you're inspired to because I, I think of of Team Hoyt. Remember the the father and son team? I think the father just passed not too terribly long ago, but it was it was a, a Dick Hoyt, Dick and Rick, Dick and Rick Hoyt, Team Hoyt, and a lot of people got inspired by that. How is that something that people can get involved in if runners want to want to support yeah, athletes like that? Angels and fill out some, uh, you know, basically fill out a form online and just contact your uh, local ambassador. There's chapters all over, and yeah, you can become you can become a runner. That's really pretty cool. That's got to be an awesome experience. What was it like the first time you teamed up with another athlete with Ainsley's Angels? Oh, I, being totally honest, like I got so like. I like running road races and stuff, but you know, uh, I, again, I, I gravitate probably more towards trail, of course. But uh, I mean, what I it's mu- it's much more fun uh, running with somebody like putting you know, pushing and just you know just seeing see how happy it makes them. I love it, you know. Just uh, with Trey on the historic half, I, w- I was pushing really hard, and he was just like, "Go, go, go!" And like I, you know, it just fires you up, and everyone around you also gets involved. They're like, "Yeah," you know, like they start calling. You know, they're like, "Yeah, Trey," and you know, it's really cool. It's a great feeling. Yeah, I I, I enjoy it way more than running alone. That's so cool because you'd think right because you really, if it's just you solo, all you have is either what you have in your headphones, what you have in your head, or maybe you're lucky enough to have somebody nearby that you can chat with or whatever but having a partner in that race cheering you on as you go it really it must transform the running experience especially at a road marathon from something that is just you i mean when you line up at a road marathon it's you everyone's got their headphones in everyone's trying to make their pr there's not a whole lot of talking going on but I would think that that being a part of Ainsley's Angels and having a teammate that you're that you're you're pushing, they've got to be pushing you almost harder than you're pushing them, because it becomes it, it goes from a solitary venture to a team sport. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like a lot of times, like Donald, you know, Donald especially, like he pushes Michael really hard. I mean, like you know, just he wants to win. I mean, he loves it. He want he always wants to beat you. He always talks about it. And uh, yeah, they're running the Marine Corps Marathon next. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, again, you know, I get so lonely on the, you know, doing 100 milers and yeah. stuff like that. It, it, I mean, ultra running can be so lonely, but just like, you know, I, I, I really enjoy doing that because, like, you, you know, you, they can, 
people you, you meet on hundreds, they, they can leave you, you know, they can leave. Right. <laughs> you know, you got to keep up with something, but not when you, uh, when you're a duo team, yeah, you're friends for a lot. You're friends for the race. Yeah. No, no one's, no one's leaving you. <laughs> I think too, it's probably, it's life changing, especially if it's someone's first time. You know, like they've never participated in a race before. They haven't had that race experience. They've been told like, listen, you're, you can't race. And that's just not the truth because you can with groups like, like Ainsley's Angels. So I can imagine how amazing that must be for someone who's never experienced the, the, the competitiveness, the camaraderie, the, the joy of the finish line. They were told for years, you, you, you're sorry, this is not for you. And now it is for you. That has oh, yeah. to be just amazing to witness that first cross of the finish line. Oh, I fire them up too. Like I'm like, oh, we're going for this. Uh, you know, like I, I really like to get into it. You know, I'll be like, you know, I'll fire up the crowd around us. Like if there's people running with us, you know, I'll, I'll say stuff to fire them up or like you know, uh, you know, spectators stuff like that. It's fun. Running race with me is fun in general. You know, pushing or just somebody running with me, like you know, my girlfriend run, running with me. Um, I like helping it. The cool thing is this, like, I love running with my girlfriend because um, I've never qualified for Boston. Maybe it's in the cards as I get older, but yeah. like I helped her. I, I love helping her BQ or, or like winning races that see, that's fun. I don't have to work that hard. You know, it, you know, I can just like, yeah, it's, it's good. It's nice. You know, it, it's, it's cool. I don't First, have to work. I hope she doesn't hear that part of the podcast. What do you mean? You don't have to work very hard, no, John. No, you know, she knows this though. She's a much better trail runner. We're really weird. Like she's a great trail runner, but um, like you know, she always leaves me on trail runs. Like she'll wait up for me and stuff like that. She's really cool like that. But on the road, I'm I don't know why I'm much better running on the road. You know, I I've done some gnarly races. I don't know how I've accomplished like like BFC and stuff like that. I don't yeah. know how I finished races. It's, I guess I'm just like hard headed or something. Like I've got to do this, but like. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm basically a glorified roadrunner. Like, somehow I've gotten lucky and finished a lot of the gnarly races that I probably shouldn't have finished, but somehow I pulled it off. <laughs> what, what do you think it is about you, John, that makes this this roadrunner? And it's okay, you know? It's like, Here's the reality of a lot of our situations. You know, a lot of us can't hop in, you know, just can't step out the door and then hit a trailhead. A lot of us live in neighborhoods or cities that have you know, parks that don't open until sun comes up. So those, those of us that have to get those runs in early morning, we, we can't go to the park and get miles in. We're stuck. Like I run the bulk of my miles on country roads outside yeah. of my house because it's, it's what I have. And I, I really don't have any other choice unless I want to go on the weekends. And that's when I can get my trails in um, on the weekend. So yeah, don't apologize for being a road runner. Okay. A lot of us have to, we don't have a choice. We have to uh, spend some miles on the road just to get our miles in. Yeah. It's a tough game, man, especially with kids and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, I plan, I basically plan all my runs around like activities like I'm doing with my daughter or Donald, like if there's like any time of the day I can basically get in the run, I'll try to find a trail if I can, but like tra traffic around like Virginia is crazy. So mm -hmm. like so there, yeah, unfortunately sometimes I have to sell for the road. Which is okay. But I make I make the worst road run possible. I'll find hills and stuff. I'll, it'll be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The road runners in your area are like, ah, it's John. He likes to run on the hills. We avoid, <laughs> we avoid every hilly route. <laughs> <laughs> So, John, let's take a step back for a minute. How did you get into the world of trail and ultra running? Were you always a runner? Uh, so, I mean, my, 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 it all goes back to my mom. My mom always got me running. I, I didn't like straight up running. You know, you know, being a kid, like you're thinking like, you know, football, basketball, like, you know, you like sports, but you don't want to run all the time. I mean, I, I, my mom got me to run throughout my whole life. You know, I, I've had problems with like alcohol and stuff like that. And like, um, I've went through divorce. So like basically running was always there for me. I used running just kind of as like, you know, de-stress, you know, basically take care of myself. My mom, again, always helped me like to kind of go back to running. And then, um, yeah, I just was like, you know what? I want to run a marathon. Just trained for it for two months. Yeah, I, this is from like running five Ks every now and then. I was so you're occasional five K runner, occasional five K yeah. runner, yeah. and then you yeah. see like marathon, and you're like, okay, why not? Yeah, I, I trained for that, and then like once it was over, I was like, oh my gosh, like I was like, it's done. I don't want to be done with this. I wanted to keep going. So um, 
this is kind of a funny story. So I just signed up for, I was like, this marathon's happening. Like, you know, in a couple, you know, like, I think it was like a month later. I was like, this one's happening. I'm just going to sign up for this one. Oh, it's a trail marathon. Okay. It's pretty, you know, it's got to be comparable to the road. Let's just do it. Of course. Yeah. So like, I didn't understand like elevation. This thing has, this is, this was conquered the cove in Roanoke. It's got like, you know, 2,500 feet of elevation, which is pretty significant for like a marathon, yeah. like on the trail. Stuff. So like, um, I'm running it just like regular marathon, just dying. And I hook up with, uh, Melinda Honkus and like, uh, I see her with this stick and I was like, I know she knows what she's doing. I'm going to follow her. So like, she shows me how to like, kind of like shuffle pills and stuff like that. So like, she really helped me out. And uh, she ended up getting like way ahead of me because I, you know, I, I'm dying. I don't know what I'm doing out there, but I learned a lot from the situation. So uh, basically, for like my next race after that, you know, like uh, I find out about like the Barkley Fall Classic, and I'm like, ah, that looks like a really cool event. And uh, just messing around, I I put in like for the wait list, and then I got the email back. I almost wrecked my car. I was like, oh my gosh, when I saw it pop up on my email. My little girl's like, Daddy, what's going on? I'm, I'm like, I'm going to the mountains. I'm going to the mountains, Jillian. But like, I didn't believe it. Like, uh, I thought it was like, the, I thought it was the real one too. I had no idea. And I know I'm not the only one that does wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. Like, wait. You know, people, do, I've talked to other people since they're like, is the real, is, this is the real Barkley? Uh, like, yeah, that's so, what I thought. But I'm like, so the plot thickens with this. I call Melinda because she's like the only trail runner I know. And she lives in Knoxville. So I'm like, hey, do you know anything? She's like, yeah, um, she was like, you can crash to my place. And uh, if you can, can you pick up my buddy, Eric, in uh, Stanton, Stanton, Virginia? I was like, yeah, sure. I'll pick up your friend I don't know and crash to your house. And I met you, you know, I met you one time. That's ultra running, I guess. Yeah, let's it do is. This. I do Barkley. So I've got like this rustic camelback and like they're all dogging me for my gear. They're like, you're going to run the Barkley Fall Classic and this stuff. So they helped me out with like my gear and stuff like that. Luckily, I had them. I mean, like. I didn't get the 50K my first try. I got the marathon, but I shouldn't even have got that, man. I, I That was like my third race. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> wait, wait. So, okay, so we got we got a lot to unpack there, John. We got we to gotta back up just a little bit. So, so this is your third race ever. So you do a couple of yeah. 5Ks, and then you do a marathon, and then you do a trail marathon. And then, did you see the, the documentary on Netflix? Is that what got you into Barkley? I think I was, I don't even think I saw it at that point yet. Cause like, I thought that the BFC was like the big Barkley. You like, thought it was the, the, the secretive race where he lights the cigarette <laughs> and all that stuff. I don't even think I, I at the time, I, I want to say I was just looking at Wikipedia and stuff. Like I was like looking up like, okay, I've done a couple of marathons. I want to do something harder now. And like, I was like, I was like, you know, every, like everybody else looking at like, you know, the world's hardest races and stuff like that. And then I joined like the Facebook group. And like, I, there was like a hurricane, I forget which one, but like a lot of people were dropping. I was like, ah, like on a whim, let's just see if I can get into this. I got into it. Like, I think five days before the race. So I'm like <laughs> freaking out. Yeah. I'm like freaking out. So I talked to Melinda again and you know, Eric and luckily like the trail community is, is just that cool. Like people are just like, yeah, sure. Person I barely know come crash to my pad and pick up my friend on the way. Yeah. Let's just do this. It is so yeah. true though. You are so right that it's amazing you open your, or, you know, you share some miles with somebody and, you know, you do, you know, it's just five miles, it's 10 miles, maybe in a hundred miler, you spend 20 miles together, which is, you know, four, five, six hours. You learn a lot about a person and it allows you to it, like running, running friendships progress faster than regular friendships. Cause you spend a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with each other and you cut through the BS real quick and get to the heart of the matter, right? And so, you know, you meet this gal, you run a race with her, she shows you how to, how to basically power hike, which is walking, but we call it power hiking because it sounds more extreme. <laughs> so, so she teaches you how to do this. And then all of a sudden, she sees and your love, your, your blossoming love of the sport, and she's like, oh, I want to help John any way I can. So you open your, you open your door to people. Normally... If you only knew someone for five hours and you told your spouse like, hey, uh, some friend of mine's coming over. Um, they're going to stay in the guest room. Um, and then how long have you known them? I ran for five hours with them once. They'd be like, you're insane. You can't possibly do this. No way. My wife has come to accept it, by the way. Like she knows sometimes running friends come over. And that's just okay. I mean, she's gotten she's gotten over the fact that I've known this person for for five hours, and now they're staying in my guest in the guest room. You know? Yeah. 
it's it's weird it's a weird world but i mean like i love it i mean like that was my introduction and like that was just before bfc like yeah. you know that that was it wasn't even the race like once i started meeting these people like wow these people are nut jobs i love it i'm, I'm i want to be a part of this so i completely like a lot of me just like forgot about like road running after that i mean i still did it after but then you know again during covid i mean i just because like you know the fast races and stuff were happening like i just went like all in it's like all i did because um yeah the, the limited field people were still having you know a lot of these like low-key races and stuff like that and just yeah it just really worked it's like you found your tribe it's like you by mistake like you signed up for a race you had no idea what it was like is it a 50k yeah. is it 160 miles do i have to send this guy a pack of cigarettes like like what what is going on here and then uh, yeah, the right there I was like, Eric, do we have to find the book pages? He was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> well, here's an interesting question because you have, you know, Laz, Gary Cantrell, has become this mythical figure which people worship. And they, everybody has kind of an idea of, of who Laz, who Gary Cantrell is in their head. This Lazarus Lake character is bigger than life. You didn't have all that time to hero worship, Laz. You had all, not all this time to build this character up in your head. What was your impression seeing the, the, the race director, essentially, of the Barkley Fall Classic, Gary Cantrell? I mean, I, I, it's, inter- it's interesting for me when you bring, uh, bring it up like that because uh, – yeah, I just thought he was like a regular dude. I was like, he's a nice guy. I mean, like, uh, you know, he basically he forces you to do your best out there. I mean, because if you're if you don't go to that race correct, you're even if you come pretty strong, you could still not finish that race. You know, I mean, you could get the marathon or even DNF. I mean, it's it's a rough race. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I I really liked him for he he pushed me a lot though. That first race, I was like, wow, that thing really hurt me. You know, like I. There were times like towards the end of that race when I was just you know shuffling and walking. I couldn't even like run down the you know down uh was it um I can't remember I can't remember that part in 2017 when I did it, but like uh there were like straight up downhills I couldn't run down. I was so messed up from that race. So like um yeah, I mean it's so it totally broke me and wanted me it forced me to want to get better. So I just always looked at Laz as like, you know, he's not like a sadist or anything like that. He's just somebody that wants to push people to be better, you know. That's all that's to- I yeah, he wants to put people in situations that will really see what you're made of and will put you in, in not very easy situations. And his big thing is, you know, you're going into something with a high rate of failure. It's not yeah. safe. And I don't mean it's not safe in the fact that, you know, you're you're going to get injured or whatever. It's not no, mentally safe. It's not mentally safe. You can't yeah. sit there and go, oh, I can finish this. If I can walk the last... 20 miles of this thing i'm going to finish under the cutoff time these are things that there is you're approaching this race well you didn't because you had no idea what it even was you're like book pages what um i swear it might have been better it might have been better just doing that you know just going there completely just you know ignorant to the facts uh yeah it's just wild too because like every year i do i'm like I will never do that again. And like, next thing you know, why can't I get in? Why am I on the, why am I on the way still? What's going on here? Oh man, does he not like me? Is this fan filter messed up? What's going on, man? It's so funny because the first year of that race, there was, you could have, you could have, you could have shown up at Frozen Head State Park the morning of the race, wrote Laz a check for 70 bucks and he would have probably let you run the race. Now there's, you, you have to sign up it sells out in 30 seconds and then you're on this 9,000 person wait list. And who knows if you even are going to get in, you may get an email five days before, like you did saying, Hey, you're in, why don't you show up? Which I think is kind of cool. I mean, it, it's most races don't do that. It's, you know, with 250 people, that's it. I like the wait list idea. Cause it is rather unpredictable because yeah. you have no idea. Like how do you train for a race that you're not even sure you're going to get into? I think more times than not, People end up doing that like you did, like, uh, I'm just going to throw a camel back on and let's see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you have to, I mean, if you, yeah, I mean, you, if you get the call, you got to go, you have to. It's so cool. That really seemed to cement your love of running, you know, cause you've done the other races before, but it seemed like that was the moment that the passion you had for running brought you to a group of people that you could really relate to 
and a community that you could really be a part of and, and wrap your arms around as much as your as arms are being wrapped around you. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, uh, there's this. So the the funniest thing about BFC for me was like, you know, the people that I was going up Bradshaw with, they're all my best friends on Facebook. Like, I constantly talk to like all of them. Like, once you go up Bradshaw with, like, whatever group you go up Bradshaw with, they're your blood uh, blood sisters and brothers for life. Like, you know, like they're always, you know, I'll bounce stuff off them and stuff like that. Like, I I, I remember everybody I went up with, and like, yeah, it's just hilarious. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. so seriously, so you, these people that you just spent was it like two total miles, right? Even it's not even that, is it? I don't even think mile. I don't even think I don't think Bradshaw's a mile, even. But like, yeah, I think the first time I went up it, it I think it took like two hours or something. <laughs> I think it took like two hours. <laughs> yeah, it was but horrible. Man. The people you I, yeah. went up with, you spent less than a mile with these people, two hours and less than a mile, but it formed a, a pretty much a bond that has lasted for what five years now. Yeah. Yeah. And I always think about it. Yeah. And, uh, it's just wild. And uh, it, it's so weird. Like I said, every time this race happened, you know, every time like I do this race, I'm like, no, I don't want to do that again. But then I feel bad that, you know, I, I'm like, I have to go this year though. Like, it's weird. If I get in, I'm in big trouble. My girlfriend will kill me. I don't think, I think she will legitimately kill me if I go back, if I, if I go back there, cause we have like this huge race schedule and stuff like that. So like, we're trying to really like, you know, we're trying to like share different uh, races and stuff like that. So yeah. like, I'm trying not to, I feel bad. I mean, like I, I run a lot. I do a lot of races. I'm trying to balance more and be more considerate about that. But, um, that's what those races like. If you get the call, I don't know. It's good. It's going to be a tough discussion if I get it. So if Laz is listening to this, you know, don't, uh, don't let me in, but I want you to let me in, you know? That type of thing. <laughs> right. All of a sudden, John's going to have a business trip. <laughs> you know? Like, people are always worried that when their, when their spouse takes a business trip, are they cheating on me? And the fact, uh, when in John's case, no, he's not cheating on you. He's just going to run the Barkley Fall Classic. Yeah, yeah. That That's the thing with me. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I, 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 I feel bad for my girlfriend. I mean, like, I'm like, yeah, I'm not a bad guy. I just have a, I have a running problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you'll you'll get home, and then she'll she'll sniff you. She'll, is that? Do I smell cigarettes on you? And then she'll know you were there because she'll be like, you were by Laz. You yeah, smell like yeah. cigarettes. <laughs> no, it, I. So she met Laz at the Capitol backyard altar. She knows all about him and stuff like that. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not good at the Capitol. I'm not good at the backyard altars. I got another one coming up. Uh, in a couple, uh, I think in a month. Uh, best I've ever done with those. Like, I think I did like 67 miles or something, but yeah, I'm not a huge uh, backyard ultra guy. You know, it's an interesting format. And I did my first one a couple of weeks ago. And the hardest thing about a backyard ultra, because it doesn't sound hard, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're an ultra runner, you're like, oh, 4.16667 miles. Oh, every easy. hour you're like it's easy and I, I could go on for days right and then you realize that all of that time in between and trying to the hardest thing is balancing the running where you're running fast enough to give yourself enough time but not too fast to give yourself too much time and not too slow to not give yourself enough time that is the hardest thing in the world. And especially when you realize that it does not matter where you finish the yard. You can be the first person who finishes the yard in 42 minutes. You can be the last person who finishes the yard in 59 minutes. So long as you're in the corral for the next one, it doesn't mean anything because everybody starts off in the first place again. And so it is like... There are so many layers of difficulty that I, I, my goal for that race when I did my first one was, you know, I've been dealing with some Achilles tendonitis. No, I don't wear ultras. Um, and, and just the, <laughs> your boy Scott Jurek makes me laugh. Um, that, guy, that, that, page awesome. that, that page makes me laugh every day. Um, but yeah, and some calf issues. And I'm like, yeah, I want my legs to feel good for however they'll feel. If I can get 30 miles in, I'm, I'm peachy. I would love 30 miles and then I can stop and I can drink. And I got 33 <laughs> miles in and I stopped and I drank, but it was so, I mean, I was like, this is ridiculously 
difficult in so many different ways, but it is so fun in so many different ways. Like it really, it's a wonderful community building ultra when you do these backyard things, because as you share yards with people and you get to know them, you tap out, but all of a sudden they're going out again. And so you've got people to cheer for, for the next how many hours. And it's because they're always coming back to the start finish. You're just sitting there in your tent, drinking a beer and you see your, you see the people you're cheering for come back every hour. It's, I, I love it. It may be the, if Laz is remembered for nothing else, you know, if, if, if Barkley, which we'll be remembered for Barkley, let's just be honest, you know, 15 documentaries now and everybody talks about Barkley, Barkley, Barkley. It's like, I have to do a Barkley episode every year, but I wish that Laz's legacy, not that he's dead or anything. I mean, he's still alive. Um, don't kill kill Laz. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna feel bad if he dies between when we record this and when I release, but no, I, I would wish his legacy would be part of it needs to be the backyard ultra format because it is a breath of fresh air and it is such a unique, beautiful community building, mental mind game thing. It's beautiful. It is. Have your kids done the pacer test? Did they do that with, uh, when they were younger? Yeah. When at school. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter just did that. And like, uh, yeah, that is like a back. That's like a kid backyard mm-hmm. ultra. That, that is meet, like that like meets like Squid Game. Like they have like a pre recording on. You're like, wow, this is really creepy. And then they start doing backyard ultra stuff. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, that's wild, man. They got the kids doing it now. <laughs> I, I will say this: the grind on the grid backyard ultra. I, I don't drink much often. I mean, I, I will occasionally. Um, there's some pictures of me on the internet that make it seem like I drink a lot more than I actually do. But I haven't had that much to drink in a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> because there's a wonderful gentleman named Kurt who was, was he, he was at the finish line and he had bourbon in his cooler and he kept tempting me to take a swig of the bourbon and we got talking about bourbon and he went and bought this expensive bottle of um, it's called Old 55 and there's a school in like rural Indi- Indiana that they converted this elementary school into a distillery and so they make bourbon whiskey there and they keep the barrels underneath the gym floor in the basement. And it, I was, as a Tennessee boy, some, you know, he says, oh, some Indiana whiskey, it's Indiana bourbon. And I'm like, I'm from Tennessee. Like, you know, I've got distilleries in my backyard. But I was like, damn, this is good. This is way better than it needs to be. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm yelling stupid shit for, <laughs> for eight hours <laughs> yeah man i i struggled on my back both backyard ultras i did i did better the first one i did and both times though, i was lucky i had a huge crew like a reclining chair yeah i, I mean like i felt i felt bad i had like an awesome crew and like i just couldn't do it like both like again i did better the first one but like at the capital backyard i was struggling every yard but again i run way too much i did mmt like a <laughs> <laughs> a week before it so there is that but uh yeah I, I think like the fastest yard i did at capital backyard last year was like i had like five minutes to spare maybe other yeah. than that i was like i was just, like barely getting in there just dying it was horrible but yeah hopefully better experience next couple weeks when i do mine so it happens yeah how many you say do you, you keep talking about a lot of races how yeah. many races do you run on average a year pretty much like I said, last year, I I got sucked into that whole, like, social media thing, like, that whole vortex, like, trying to look like, you know, it's trying to justify, you know, being cool and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, pretty much every weekend I'd run an ultra. Yeah. Wow. There's I, I do DNF a lot. I mean, like, at least, like, two or three times a year I DNF. I mean, and some are valid reasons. Other, you know, I... I had some lame DNFs last year. Like I just got like, it's so like I'm doing CNO canal 100 next week. Uh, you know, I'm tapering this week. I'm starting a half marathon with my girlfriend this weekend, but like, uh, last year when I did it, I got to 70 and I was just like, I'm done. Like somebody was like blasting like David Goggins and stuff. And I was like on the ground, like dying, like I'm about to throw up. I'm like, you can take that. I don't care. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm walking. So like, yeah, like I, I go through that, but I felt bad. Cause that was my first 100 CNO 100. So like, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, like, I, you know, I'm going back. You know, it's a great race. I was, you know, I was being a jackass. I just, you know, there's just times on races where I'm just like, if I'm not feeling it, you know, because I do run a lot, I'll just be like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And then, yeah, ironically, going back to MMT, I, I, you know, it's probably, in a way, it's probably good that I did DNFC in 100 last year because uh, I did finish MMT. That was like another, like, week after. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm terrible at managing time, man. I mean, like, I'm always just like, oh, I want to run this race now. Let's do this one. Well, how do you, but seriously, though, when you're racing every weekend, how, like, what, I've never understood, like, the weekly training. Like, how do you stay, but I I guess if you're racing every weekend, you really don't even need to do anything during the week except get your your muscles as, 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 as recovered as you can. So no, I don't. Like, I'll, I'll still do training runs and stuff like that. The only, the only races that I don't run during the week, if I'm doing 100, I probably, I'm not going to, so I'm probably not going to run that during the week next week. Uh, but, like, yeah, like, hundreds or, like, I'm doing BFC or something like that, I won't run the week, like, leading up to the race. Like, I'll get fully recovered. So, yeah, I, that, I, sometimes I'm smart, man. Sometimes I'm smart. <laughs> not all the time, but sometimes you're smart. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yeah, sometimes people talk to me. They're like, "Dude, you're doing BFCs. Just don't, don't run, John. Just why did you run yesterday? Just don't do that. Don't do that, John." I'm like, "Yeah, all right, all right, all right." Is it because do you sign up for all these races, John? Because it's just, you're just so in love with this sport and community that you just want to be surrounded by it constantly. Yeah, like you know, I'm starting to volunteer more. Also, again, like going back to Happy Trails, I love volunteering for the Happy Trails races. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm starting to volunteer a lot more also. And then like, luckily my girlfriend kind of keeps me toned down now also. So like pepper in the half marathon here and there and stuff like that. So, you know, that's good little recovery, but yeah, I, I love the community. I love being around people, you know, just the whole vibe. It's fun. It's hilarious, man. Do you have two mental gears? Cause I would think that there has to be races that you approach with a mindset of, this is an A race. This is a goal race. This is, I need to finish this. And there's other ones that maybe you have to approach as like, eh, if I, if I finish, I finish. I try not to, I try not to do that. That usually comes to like mile 70. Like the, you start to see it shift together. Like, yeah, this is one of those races. <laughs> right. You start, start falling apart and you're like, okay, this is a not finish race. This is bail out, John. Bail out while you can. <laughs> but how do you... How are you okay with the DNF? Were you always okay with the DNF or was it something you had to learn over time? Like, this is something that I'm going to need to be okay with. I, it, if I know I'm messed up, I mean, like, I can justify it. If I know that there's other races coming up, of course, uh, you know, I'll chalk it up to that. Like, I, I think if you're running a lot of races, it's okay. But, like, it, if you have, like, a goal, like, you know, if you're only doing, like, a few races a year or you have, like, that goal race or, like, you know, like, Western States or something like that. Like you have to finish that race today. Like with the money invested, the training, like Western States, you know, those type of races, like you're going to comrades, you know, like bad water. Like if you're doing, if you're that invested, you have to finish that race. There's no, like, that's not just like some like local race, like some fat ass race or something like that. You know, you have to finish those races. Like if you see me on one of those ones, I will do everything, like everything within, you know, the, the possibility of, you know, just whatever I have to do to finish those races. You're so you're so right. I was talking to, over the weekend with somebody about the expense in some of these big races, and it's just not it's not just the entry fee, which isn't that bad. I mean, you know, no. most you know, Western states what four hundred fifty bucks or whatever. Which, when you think about the experience, is not no, unreasonable. You know, West when you're paying fourteen fifteen hundred dollars for some races, Western states at four fifty or maybe four hundred. I'm bad with numbers, people. Is is a bargain, absolutely, <laughs> but. There's the cost of getting there. There's the cost of all, you know, getting your family there, where you stay, renting a car and that sort of thing. DNF also on top of that, you got to find a hotel or a place to stay too. That's more money. So you got to finish the race, man. I know. just <laughs> Exactly. You got to finish or else you got to find another hotel to stay in, which is, which is not cheap at all. But you're right. I mean, there, there are some races and it's funny how the higher the stakes when it comes to you know money and, and prestige and and if it's your a race or something you can really get into a mental place where you can overcome a lot more than just eh, i got a net race coming up next week i'm gonna go ahead and just bail out of this one yeah yeah i mean uh so like I, that's one thing i kind of like about the fat ass races I, i'm really into those right now because um basically I feel like less stressed out because the cost associated with it, you don't have to worry as much about that. 
And I mean, like, and if you do have issues on the race, I, again, I'm not advocating the DNF race ever, but if you, if you do have issues, the pressure is not there. And there's some really cool ones. Like, you know, I, I've always wanted to finish the wild Oak one, the wild Oak trail 100, because, uh, you know, it's, you know, you know, being from Virginia and everything like that's like, to me, that's like the big fat ass 100 race. You know, it's, it's a brutal race. You know, it's, um, a lot of people compare it to Barkley. I don't like doing that because it's like, I feel like it's its own thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, but it's tough though. I mean, having kids to do like a race like that, that's why I don't think I would like, I don't think I would ever really apply to Barkley just because like in my heart of hearts, I would have to finish wild, wild Oak first. And I, every time I do that, I like, I miss my daughter. I like, I, I like, it, it's hard for me to be away that long, like hundred mile, like regular hundred miles. I'm okay with, cause that's just like, you know, part of the weekend but like for like a race like that like 60 hours like away from family your dog you know who's gonna right. walk your dog you know like it, making arrangements and stuff like that i mean like when i'm like alone for like hours and hours and hours i just start to think about that stuff and it's hard i mean like um yeah i would have to master like i would have to finish wild oak trail 100 even to be comfortable doing that like that level of race but um yeah that, that's i like doing the local races it's easy less travel you know just doing hundreds and stuff like that the, but by the way, he's going back to the Wild Oaks Trail for a second. I am blown away that that race is not bigger than it actually is. I have no idea. Like that, that may be the next, I don't know, like like big secret race that all this, I mean, it is popular, but it hasn't blown up to the, to the level of other races. But I just, at some point, the twat's going to explode. Yeah. And, it's, and, and it's going to be one of these things where they're going to make movies about it. And people are going to brag about it. Well, and it's tough, though, because I don't want it to happen. Because like that, I, I won't be able to get in, man. Like, I want to be able to run this race. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I'm just saying right now, it, it, something's going to happen. I don't know what's going to be the turning point on that race where it's going to go from this kind of cool underground thing to, oh, man, did you run twat? Did you run the Wild Oak Trail? You know, this is going to be it's going to be this thing that this prestige thing that's going to attract a lot of. And it already does attract some really talented runners, but it's going to turn into, you know, something a big bigger than it is now. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot. I mean, it's interesting too. Like you know, like John Kelly's record there is crazy. Like I mean, like sub twenty four on that race. I mean, it's just. Uh, I mean, a lot of people just you know. Of course, you have to associate Berkeley with him, but like I think about him doing that. I mean, like that's a, that's crazy. I mean, like. It, Whenever like I run that race or like just run the loop, everyone talks about that. I mean, like it's that. I mean, it's not like Barkley hard, but it's still very hard. It's a very hard loop to do. Most I've done is two loops. Uh, you know, eventually again, if I could get to a place where I could just dedicate like a whole weekend just to that race and like all like you know somehow filter out all distractions stuff, which is like impossible for me. I don't think I could pull that off, but. Yeah, I I, I kind of wish I could at least attempt it again, just because I've DNF that race three times. I mean, and like you know, it happens. I, there's people that DNF it. I think there's this one guy that's DNF to like fourteen times. I mean, just it's a rough race. It's a really tough one. Do you want to have the record? Is that what you're gunning for? Like, ah, hang on, buddy, I'm coming for you with the most DNFs. Oh, the DNF record? Yeah, <laughs> at the Wild Oak Trail. <laughs> I don't think, I can, but I mean, like. I just don't think I could like the last couple of times I tried to do uh twat. I wasn't able to actually do it. I, I had to bail unfortunately. Cause like, you know, kids stuff. So like, that's one thing I get into trouble with, with race directors. Like, uh, I, I always do an apology right now to David Horton. I got into Hellgate. Yeah. I'm just going to get out. I'm going to use this platform to apologize to David Horton. I, uh, I got into Hellgate and uh, I had to pull out of that just cause family stuff. And like people have approached me like, you are never getting in that race again, John. So, yeah, even if I don't get in David Horton, I still love you. Please, you know, you know, just know that. What you need to do is you need to um, go rent that movie they made about him. Oh, I have, I have him. I, I have, I have, which one do I have? I have the runner where he does the PTT. I have that. Oh, you're talking about the other one where he, uh, the one with Kirk Cameron, the one that somebody plays yeah. him. I give out. I got yeah. It. So leave great reviews for that movie on Amazon. Just go on Amazon and leave a review for the movie that says, "Listen." great movie um you can tell that man is not as handsome as the real david horton (laughs) or or something along those lines like try and woo him back the movie was great but he's no real david horton 
I've been told I have to do the Beast series, but then like I don't know if I could pull that off. I, I'd like to, but that's everyone. That's everyone's solution. Just do the Beast series, and like you'll somehow get in. Hopefully, hopefully, maybe he'll forget. Like it's not like he's got your name on a list somewhere. I doubt he's got like a. Oh, hang on, let me check my list. Cal I'm Breeze. The, oh. no, Cal Breeze is out. Not I happening. That's what people always said. There's no coming back, John. Like I was like, whoa. I, I don't think it's that serious. But calm down. But like, yeah. <laughs> I've been approached that way. They're like, "Oh, you really messed. You really messed up." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Once you're out with David Horton, you're out. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get back into the fold. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Horton. Someday he, I'm gonna. He's interview a great him. dude. Oh yeah. I, the, the first time I met him, I, 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 oh, this is another race. Are you familiar with the gym? Mm-hmm. Okay, dude. So like my first time running that, I'm dying. Like I think this was like my third loop. Like coming off my third loop on that. I see him there and he's got ice cream. And I'm like, David Horton, may I have some of this ice cream? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. That, you know, I was like, you're, you're the best. So like, I, I, like I introduced myself, but yeah, he gave me ice cream and then I ran back up that, that mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, John Anderson, please let me in that race. I, he didn't let me in last year, but you know, they, it was my own fault. Actually, I DNF the race. I forgot to sign up for the gym and then I couldn't get in because even that race, like badass races are blowing up because like mm-hmm. the gym, if you're not on that, if you're not signed up for like the, if you don't get in like the first 30 minutes, you can't get in the race now, basically. So yeah, it's it's pretty rough. That's really cool though, because fat-ass races is, it takes you back to kind of the, the, the dawn of the sport. And if you're not familiar with fat-ass races, people, I'm not talking about the size of the runner. It's a unofficial race. It's a bring your own stuff. Sometimes they'll have water. Sometimes they'll have some food out there. But it is not a race where you're going to get a belt buckle or a T-shirt or anything like that. Sometimes they have fat asses where people bring you know, potluck to pass at the end. It's it's a real low-key, old-school ultra. Well, with, with the gym, you get a medal. You get a crushed beer can. And you know some tw- some some twine. You get they, you, you get a nice twine necklace with a beer can. You know, don't get pulled over on the way home. You're probably gonna you're probably going to jail. You put that thing on. But yeah, yeah, there's that going. But yeah, they, those dudes are hilarious. Like they they sing the safety brief to you in song format and just lets you go up that mountain. Yeah, it, wonderful race. Yeah, that's so yeah, amazing. What's yeah, another what's, what's another great fat ass race, John, that you love? Uh, so yeah, like my top, you know, definitely twat. Yeah, you got to go with the gym, and then just all, all the happy trails. Ha- see, the great thing about happy trails, all the races are pretty much are free. I mean, they do some ones you have to pay for, like you know, Mass Nutton, you know, Warren Run, uh, you know, Women's Half. But like uh, the majority of the races are free, and you know, they want their members to create new races and stuff like that. We're trying to get. Uh, well, I think it's just about been approved. We're doing a, a 45k in Fredericksburg on the trails here, so yeah. I mean, like, uh, you know, I'm trying to make my own fat ass race. Yeah, I, I think everything's like pretty much done. We're just like waiting on some like the board to approve it or something like that. But um, yeah. I mean, like all the Happy Trails races. Look up the Happy Trails uh, Running Club. All, all their fat ass races. They're wonderful events. It is. It's it's a really cool community. It really is. And and I I can see why you're so proud of winning the Happy Trail Runners runner of the year like that's i can see you like there's a reason why you're like because there, there's some really fantastic runners involved in that they're awesome they're awesome people and they're so cool i mean like they're they're just funny i mean they're funny people they're not they're not like you're t- no nobody in the club's like a real t- type a even like the really fast people in it they're just like they're just super cool and laid back and like you know i'm, I'm happy to be a part of them so basically john's telling everybody do more fat ass races yeah, but don't do the ones I do. Like, don't do the gym. In fact, nobody signed up for the gym. I, I need to get in that race this year. Okay. I want to get in that. Listen, yeah. do not sign. Try and get into the Wild Oak Trail. Do not no, try no, and get into the gym. But talking about my girlfriend killing me. See, that's the problem too. Like, it, my girlfriend loves running. She lo- she you know, she loves running. But like, I signed up for way too many races, and there's so many fat ass races in Virginia. Like, I'm just like constantly like, hey, what about this hundred miler? Or like, you know, like you. Know, Stop looking at races, John. We already have a schedule. I'm like, I try to like think of in. It's just, yeah, it's a tough, it's tough. I, like I said, I feel bad for her. I, I try to be a cool, good boyfriend and stuff, but I, yeah, I've got it. I've got a problem with fat ass races and uh, signing up for stuff on ultra sign up. Do you know what I think you really have a problem with John? I'm going to diagnose you here. This is ready for some free therapy. Here it comes. Right. 
You know, we've spent 50 some minutes together. Here comes some free well, that's, therapy. That's what I use podcasts for, man. Like these are just basically my, 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 tri- my uh, therapy sessions, basically. <laughs> I saw a post on Twitter. Someone said, um, why do, instead of, or why do men start podcasts instead of going to therapy? <laughs> like this is, <laughs> podcasts are where we, we, we substitute therapy with, with talking into a microphone for for, for yeah. an hour um but now i forget where I, where was i going with that you were going with oh, where were you going oh sh- crap the free, ther- free therapy oh yeah 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 free, free therapy <laughs> podcast oh no 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 yeah free therapy so i'm gonna diagnose you you have a very severe case of what's called fomo john which is yeah. fear of missing out you have a big case you are very afraid of missing out always are you okay with that I mean, if I if I do miss something, I try to make it up on the next. I try to make it up at the next race. So, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I'm constantly, I'm constantly looking, man. But um, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, here's the next therapy question, John. What are you running from? Oh wow. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, I, I honestly. I think running for me, it just keeps me happy. It keeps me, it, it keeps me balanced, man. It helps me be a better dad. Like I said, but like, I don't like being out there too. I'd love to do races like ball state and hots and stuff like that. Like uh, Chris Kaner and uh, Odie do, but um, I just, I can't pull out the time. I can't pull off the time. I don't like being away from family that long, but I think like, you know, it, ultras from like, you know, 50 K to hundred miler. It's a good balance. You know, yeah. it gets me your, it gets me disconnected from like you know technology and stuff like that you know it just helps make me uh you know just better person i think just being away and relaxed and just you know sort out the voices man (laughs) no no i I, no, I, i i agree and first of all i'm with you with not liking to be away from family for too long like even when i'm gone for a weekend yeah i don't sleep the same when i'm not in bed next to my wife and let, that's not a racy statement. There's 50 pillows in between us, but just having her next to me and it's my bed and the sounds that I know and and being away from my kids and my wife for too long. If it's more than a day or so, I start to get real weird. I, I like being around my family, so I'm with you. Some of those longer races, I mean, I, I have all the respect in the world, people that do them. I mean, you look at, um, they have the, the HOTS now, the Heart of the South, which is kind of a throwback to what Vol State used to be before people kind of figured out the course because, you know, Vol State, the first years that people were running that, um, which is, you know, 500K across Tennessee and in the middle of the summer, people started setting up places for runners to get aid. So people drop off things on the side of the road and they open up their houses and that sort of thing where Heart of the South, nobody knows the route until the day before. And so you really are on your own trying to get to you know from point a to point b but you're right that's like a that's like a 10 day seven day adventure and that's just way too long for me to be away from my family i i I try so like i think a bloody 11w is like the perfect link because like that's on labor day weekend you know if you don't have anything going on that that's a good one because you know it's not it's it's 119 miles i think altogether Mm mm-hmm I think you can manage that one. And all the Vol Staters, like, they like to do that. So if you want to meet them, or, like, see what they do, their gear, that's a good race. But um, I tried doing the Swami Shuffle. That was another DNF. I got to, like, mile 90. I just mismanaged my time. Like, I was tr- – I think I was going for, like, four days to finish, which is crazy anyway. Like, I shouldn't have been trying to even attempt it that fast. But, um, yeah, I just missed my kid. I mean, like, it's just too long to be away. Yeah. What kind of wimps that way? Yeah, I mean, you know, hundred milers are cool though. I mean, again, you know, you, you get it's just enough time to get out there and get some crazy, get the crazy out, and then get back home. As a man, John, who has a serious case of fear of missing out, who's racing every weekend, whose <laughs> whose girlfriend is getting tired of his crap, what would you like? What what advice can you give to the everyday runner? What is something that John Calbrees can give to the running community a, a piece of wisdom, a piece of advice, something that that they'll remember. Just lo- lose yourself in the running, you know. Just like find what you want to do, and uh, you know, like that's. I mean, that's what I did. I, I 
I don't know how I end up in the park. Like I actually asked myself that, like, you know, just dying on those mountains. Like, how did I end up here? Like, but like, you know, I love it. It's great community. You know, just let it take, you know, just let it take you wherever it takes you. I like that. That's pretty good. Boy, I gave you some therapy five minutes ago and you've just given all of us some therapy. Lose yourself in the running because you make a great point. A lot of us get caught up in technology and this sort of thing. And should I do this race and do that race? We make it more complicated than we should. John, you're just saying, just lose yourself into the running. Just lose yourself yeah. into it. Yeah. It's all going to work out. Everything's going to work out in the run. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to work out in the run. That right there. Put that on a t-shirt, John. Start selling <laughs> those t-shirts. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 